You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 10 of Process. How about that? A milestone. Now, we are recording this at, what, 6 a.m. or so? I have my coffee here, and I was telling D-Ray, when you wake up on the weekends, maybe a little bit later, 9.30, 10 o'clock, you have that coffee. It's nice. You still get that juice. You still get that flow, the caffeine rush. But when you have that coffee brewing at 5.50, 6 a.m., it hits different, D-Ray. It just hits different. It does, bro. It does. It, it, like, like I said, we got up around five-ish this morning trying to just get stuff ready for this. So this is going to be interesting. We got we got two milestones. It's the 10th episode. But this is also our first time shooting at the ass crack at dawn. So, <laughs> oh, my God. But you know what? It's different waking up at 5.50 if you had to go to the gym or go to work somewhere. You, you got to go sit in a cubicle with your shirt and tie and exactly. maybe you spill your coffee on your shirt on your way to work <laughs> and you hit a bump, right? Or you get to wake up and talk some hoops. Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't have it any other way. So we, we we in a good spot. It's just early. It's early to be in a good spot. Right, right, right. Yeah, it could, it could be a lot worse, right? I always, <laughs> my, my mom and my dad always said, you want to wake up and want to go to work every day. Uh, you know what? I, this, you, you know, look at this. I enjoy exactly. this. I exactly. enjoy this. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I think we should talk about the last dance episode seven and eight. We saw a yeah, side of, shit. I think the moral of the story for these two episodes was sort of his, his, the way he was a teammate to his teammates yeah. right is that the best yeah. way to describe it i probably could have did a little bit better the no, way no, no. he the way he was with his teammates now what is your initial reaction to the way he was in practice off the court his personality towards his fellow members i uh i actually wrote a piece on this i uh, saw that yeah, i love yeah, the title michael, of it too thank you thank you michael jordan an asshole because leading up to this one you would see the clips you know they always hype it up and they were talking about how his teammates were scared of him but I love how it immediately was praised afterwards. Uh, I think he was a bit extreme in some cases. Obviously, the Horace Grant story about him not being able to eat or, you know, punching Steve Kerr square in his shit. Like, come on, man, it's Steve Kerr. Like, I definitely think he kind of flew off the handles at times, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of admire it at the end of the day because, like he said, he said, I never asked anything of them that I wouldn't do myself. And it's like, when a motherfucker move like that, sorry for the language. Yes, <laughs> come on, it's six a.m. It's six a.m. Baby, let it out. Let it out. Got, I ain't got my filter on. The filter don't turn on until seven. No filter. I love it. That's better. Keep it going. <laughs> when he moved like that, you gotta respect it. And they did. They did. and they won. It worked. It worked. But he was an asshole. I, I do agree that there's something to be said about one, the way the teammates appreciate it now as if they take a few steps back and like, damn, that's why he did that. Like, I, mm -hmm. I do think that there's something to be said about that. I actually don't mind the punching of Steve Kerr because, and I think we talked about this before, right? Maybe even like last episode. No, no, no. I love Steve Kerr, but I think it's, there's something to be said about, you know, if in practice, if you're battling that hard, if you're fighting that hard, sometimes, you know, you love one another. I think we talked about this last episode when it was quiet on the bus after that USA practice mm -hmm. because of the, the fighting that occurred, not really fist fighting, but they were talking trash in that practice. 
if you're having a tough, hard practice and you guys are really giving it 180% and you guys are fighting out there, sometimes you get so pissed off because you're competitors and you fight in practice and then you go into the showers, you laugh it off, and then you move on to the next day, you know? Like, I don't think it's a big deal to fight in practice. I've seen fist fights on, on the ice during practice and then we're in the showers, we're leaving the locker room or whatever, and you guys are boys right after. It's part of just being an athlete, I think. So I, I don't know if I mind the punching of Steve Kerr. And I love the fact that Steve Kerr kind of gave it to him first he stood up for himself exactly Steve Kerr is actually a G in a lot of ways I love it I love that it started from he's like I'm not backing down to this guy but I love talking to you about this shit because you get it that's part of it bro number one let's be honest as competitive as it is and as go back and forth back and forth we're tired of each other at the same time I've been around this dude for three years probably you know what I mean we have some skin in the game with each other it's like brothers, you're going to get sick of each other's shit at some point. But if you could duke it out like that and then get back to winning, he said after that, he had a different respect and they, they relationship went to a different level. So I, I think it was, I think in the moment it was extreme, but he was smart enough to know on the other side of this, we're going to be good. Right. And when it comes to MJ with me, I, I do, I do hate how it's almost as if everything he ever did was perfect. Yeah. That that's something that bothers me. It's very similar to the Jimmy Butler stuff that we talk about where everything he said on JJ Reddick's podcast is right. Well, why is that? And when it comes to Michael Jordan, everything he ever did to people, it's right because he's the goat and he's such a yeah. competitor and his mindset was different and and I just disagree with that. There's plenty of things that he crosses the line and you can say, "Well, that was why he's so great because he was wired differently." And I don't know if I can agree with that. For example, you brought up the, the no eating thing on the plane, and he wouldn't allow Grant to eat any food on the plane if he had a bad game. And, you know, if if that is true, I mean, that is just so disrespectful. It's unbelievable. And then there's people out there probably laughing like, that's so genius. So what an awesome yeah. guy, man. What an unbelievable dude. He just loves winning that much. No, that's stupid. That's being a, a shitty human being is what that's being. Yeah, it's being an asshole. He was an asshole. I can't. It's more I, than an asshole. Yeah. D Ray, imagine playing a game of Villanova. You played 10 minutes off the bench. You, you didn't play that well. And then there's guys saying, D Ray, you think you're eating tonight? You're you're a joke. Like, come yeah, on. No. Yeah, you gotta you gotta see me. First of all, no grown ass man telling me I just can't eat. <laughs> I think I think that's the wildest part. The fact that at no point somebody was fuck you. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm not going for this. But that goes to show how powerful he was in that organization but I, I agree with you that's crazy that's that's it's it's a shitty thing to do it's a shitty thing to yeah do no sure. doubt and and the one thing that phil jackson was talking about when it was when he when when michael was being aggressive in practice and he mm -hmm. was pushing everyone's buttons he had to tone down mj a bit because he had to remind MJ about the camaraderie part of this thing. And I think that there's value in, you know, we talk about, I'm sure you had locker rooms that were kind of, and then you had some locker rooms where you still talk to those dudes, all, you know, maybe not every day, but there's that different sort of connection with some teams because you guys were just that close. You guys were brothers and everyone was on the same page and there was no fighting and it, it clicked just so yeah. easily. And, MJ had to be reminded that there's power in that in that too. And Phil Jackson yeah. had to step in and be like, dude, tone it down a bit. These guys are your brothers as well. Yeah. It's funny. I seen something and I actually I, I got it. I had to question you on it. And I purposely waited to the show because I Ooh. want your genuine answer. Ooh. Obviously, in all those stories, the person you hear who he couldn't, I'm not gonna say couldn't push as much, but I guess he pushed them in the beginning and it kind of clicked because they were together so long, Scotty Pippen. 
and you know how pivotal Scottie Pippen was his career. But you hear stories like that about Phil Jackson. And I seen this poll. It said, who do you think was more influential to Jordan's career, Scotty or Phil? Who do you think? Well, I said it was Scotty. I said it okay. was Scotty because, you know, I don't know if Scotty Pippen would be talked about the way that he is now if he didn't play with Michael. I think he would be in the category of, and not even at that level, to be honest with you, but we talk now of Malone and, you know, we have the the jazz teams, we have Patrick Ewing, we have Charles Barkley, you know, I'm spitballing here, it's early in the morning, I'm trying to get my no, juices no, 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 flowing. No, no, no. The supersonic, yes, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, all these teams and... I don't know if Scottie Pippen would have even been at that level, but he would have been in the discussion of those players, of a good player who wasn't able to, to win a championship. But still, I wouldn't even have put him with those guys. He probably would have been a step down. So you think that his, you think Scottie's more influential? I'm saying on Michael. Not Michael had a, a bigger influence ah, on him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm saying more influential to Michael. Yes. Because I say Phil. Okay. If, if, it's, if it's that way, I misunderstood. If it's okay, that okay. way, it would be Phil Jackson because it seemed like there was such a big respect level between the two. And you could even see when Doug Collins was there and it was, hey, yeah. put the ball in Michael's hands and then here's Phil Jackson and, and now it's a totally different scheme and now he's passing the ball around yeah. and he kind of learns to be more of, hey, my teammates can help out as well. So I think Phil Jackson helped him take that next step. I wouldn't say it was Scotty because, you know, what did did Scotty, besides pushing MJ a little bit here and there and kind of being his brother – I don't know if you can compare that to the level of what Phil Jackson brought. All right. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause it's funny. I'm, I'm happy you answered the way you answered it because I honestly think that the, it's the other way around. I think MJ was more influential to Phil's career than he was Scotty. I think Scotty would have been in that discussion, but I think Scotty would have been closer to the Kim Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler side in the sense of he got one when MJ wasn't around, obviously not in those two years when he wasn't there cause he was on the bulls. But I think Scotty would have found a way to get one. I don't think Phil Jackson is who Phil Jackson is without Michael Jordan. I obviously, yes, the Lakers, but he wouldn't have got that Lakers job without uh, you know, without what he did at the Chicago Bulls. I honestly think Jordan did more for uh Phil Jackson's career than he did Scotty's. That's crazy. I didn't, that, uh, it, the way I you mean, answered it the first time kind of hit me. It was like, oh shit, how do I think about that? I, I feel like I, I feel like it's more Phil. Right. And and I do I, I kind of see both sides. Like, I, I do understand the way that you're going with it. It's I almost feel as if both make sense, which yeah. is very possible. I think that there is a little bit of everything involved because maybe when you're that great and you're talking about that level of dominance, everyone has a role, right? So yeah. if this role is bigger than that role, it doesn't mean Scotty's role wasn't as important. You know, like all three of these dudes clearly had a lot of influence on each other, and that's the reason why we're talking yeah. about this and there's a 10-part documentary because so many pieces played a big factor. Clearly, Michael Jordan played the biggest, but, yeah. you know, everyone had their fingerprints on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way you answered the first time, hmm, how do I feel about that? I, I, I think it's... I think you're right. It's a trick question. It's, it's give and take. My fault. My fault. I went yeah, off, how but dare just... you? How dare you come up with something that has more than one answer? You're unbelievable. The, <laughs> the one thing I want to hit on here, and I think it was so rude the way that it was pretty much described at the time. Not so much in the documentary. It makes sense that it was brought up this way. But at the time... You know, you have these journalists talking about MJ's father. So MJ's father gets murdered. He was sleeping on the side of the road. And 
he ended up passing away, and it was a really brutal time for MJ, obviously. And the journalists are writing, is it possible that his gambling issue had a reason or a factor in on his father getting murdered? Now, you know, you think of it right now, is it possible because we understand the background of his gambling? Sure, it's possible, but without any sort of... There's no leading information to think that that was a possibility. It was just an assumption that someone ran with, and it really picked up through a lot of newspapers and whatnot. Yeah, that's a bit of a low blow. That's a bit of a low blow. Um, I'm not saying I'm completely, you know, uh, writing it off. Because at the end of the day, that is a possibility. I mean, any any world with that type of, you know, money and, and those type of things changing hands, it definitely could end up, you know, with somebody getting hurt. But to say that shit with no real backing, that's a, you want to talk about kicking somebody while they down. That's that's messed up. You know what I mean? Everybody, I could imagine they saw that part of kind of a feeling in your stomach. God damn. But like he said, and I think, and that's why they set up five and six the way they did when they said, listen, when you get to a certain point, people are going to just find something to tear you down with. And I think that's why they did it the way they did it. You're about to see that they really was, nothing was off limits. Nothing. Right. And, and it's weird to think that if MJ was losing with gambling or whatnot, that he didn't have the money to maybe pay that. Now, once again, if it was such a significant amount of money, he's like, dude, I am not paying that. I'll lose everything. You know, if it's to that extreme, yeah. we don't know. I mean, he clearly had a gambling problem. If it was to that level where he was laughing saying, I am not paying that. Well, yeah. maybe it's a different circumstance, and, and that's why it led to it. But to think that MJ, and I don't want to go down that road because I am I will absolutely give someone the benefit of the doubt on this type of scenario over assuming mm. that it was gambling problem. So I would assume that he would have enough money where he would be paying his debt and not having something like this happen. Because if it's to this level... It would have had to been such an extreme amount of money. We're not talking like five grand. Yeah. People don't get involved with million. this. Yeah. You didn't want five million. I will say this though. I will say this. And this is a theory out there. And I'm not saying I back it. But what if it was a thing where Jordan kind of laughed it off? I'm not paying that. I've heard the idea that because, you know, obviously when it gets brought up, Older people, they talk about that. And it was something they were very aware of. Some people straight up write it off. They give you the whole conspiracy theory. Uh, the gambling debt got his pop killed and he had to leave the NBA so things could quiet down. They run with that shit like it's factorial in the damn papers for sure it actually happened and he confirmed it. What they say is, you know what I mean? The guy kind of, he had those type of debts and then it was on some what you going to do type shit. You know what I mean? Right, if that's the right, case, that's right. crazy. But Right. And, and, and look, is that a, a possibility? Job. I think that that there is a a chance that that could have happened. It would be stupid to think, well, there's just no way in hell that happened because yeah. we know the story. But once again, when it comes to something like this, I would never in a million years lean to that unless there is legitimate facts, information, because we were talking about something so touching to someone. I mean, you're talking about someone's family getting murdered. I, I just don't know if I can go to that level with it unless there is information leading to it and not just conspiracy stuff getting yeah. thrown out there. Now, you mentioned the whole 18-month suspension thing and did the league step in and suspend him. They were talking about this on, on the documentary, and my brain thought about this before I even saw the cut. In what world would David Stern ever put MJ out of the league if you are talking about the biggest star ever to touch the NBA? That would be the dumbest business decision 
ever if he kicked him out of the league and suspended him. This dude was generating an obnoxious amount of money. Yeah, he was. You understand? I grew up in the barbershop. You know what I mean? So I'm giving, once I saw this part, exactly. You, you, are you serious? I was like, I went to like, hair cuttery. Sports <laughs> clips. You know? I was, I was like, this shit's getting scary. You got ESPN on sports <laughs> clips. You got Nancy with the number one clipper. <laughs> she gets my ear. God damn it, Nancy. <laughs> A little, little more off the top. Yeah. So like I was saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. You get I, your I, yeah. lollipop, you know, with a little say. plastic thing and purple. Yeah, I man. was getting scared. I was like, yo, this is scary. We got too many damn similarities now. But no, no, no abortion, no abortion. I, my father's a barber, so I grew up in a barbershop. I would go there after school. When this part hit, I remember hearing this theory. And then it was just, you know, he had to kind of walk away because the NBA was listening. It's too much around this. And it's, it's too much to jump. You, it's kind of hard to say those things without having some serious backing. But at the same time, this documentary is showing it's kind of hard to throw out any idea. You know what I mean? I didn't think the stories about him being as crazy as he were, were that real. You know what I mean? I thought they were, you know, kind of speculations. I thought they were dramatized. The story about him walking in Smiles' house's locker room being, oh, y'all, y'all in for a night tonight. What the? You know what I mean? I, I didn't think that those were that real, but I'm not going to well, hold you, Well, I always, yeah, no, I... I don't even think that stuff is bad, but I agree with you. You hear that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did, but he actually did. The thing that's so crazy before we get into his baseball career, because the, the father's death did kind of push him to, mm-hmm. to that baseball side. There was always something, and I I admire this, and it's I almost related to myself and question. I'm not going to say I didn't make it anywhere in hockey, because there were plenty of people who play hockey their whole life who would have loved my career of mm-hmm. you know playing triple a and then playing in in juniors and then playing college mm-hmm. hockey like like but in comparison to the nhl or professional level that's how i see it because it's like okay well maybe you know there's a reason not nhl level but you know pro yeah. level it's kind of like europe hockey and things like that why didn't i make that next step or why didn't i get to the level after college and mm-hmm. the way that he holds something and lets it eat him alive, and then just destroys that opponent the next game. You had who the, the LeBradford Smith story, which was made up. The dude didn't eat, or did it happen? Was it made up? And and then you had the Hornets game where you know he bottles that up. You're not number twenty three anymore. This is forty five, Jordan. Like the way that he embraces that shit. And then I tie it to myself, like. Damn, I never had that. I really, I, yeah. I never had that. And to be fair, there's probably a shit ton of people who never had that. And there's a reason why MJ is who he is. But I could never get that out of me. And I just appreciated how, no matter what it was, and he would mentally make stuff up so he could bottle it up and destroy an opponent the next night. He had 30, what, who, who Bradford Smith had 37, 37. points. He had 36 in the, in the first, first half. half. I mean, yeah. I didn't have that. Did you have that? I I I think all right, well I will say this I do think you had it to a degree I don't think you can reach the the amount of success you did or I did in any type of, I don't think you could reach any amount of success in sports without having that a little bit I think for him it was such a thing because it was he probably got to a point where what the fuck else do I have to prove to y'all you know what I mean I could imagine him making those stories up and really drilling them in his mind because I don't have anything else to prove you think about how quickly in his career it was he's it you know what I mean like that. When, when was the when was the Olympics? Ninety two, the redeemed yes. team. Yes, ninety two. He came in the league eighty four. So eight years into his career, I'm everything. I'm everything. I'm already this game's biggest star, and I feel like for him, I'm gonna depend on that because I'm a competitor. I need to keep winning. But 
I don't have anything to prove. They talk about the roots of his competitiveness being when he was a kid and he would feel neglected by his dad when him and his brother were fixing shit. He just, for him, it was always a, a proving factor. And I feel like he held on to that to do that. So I think you did have it to a degree. It's just with him to make shit up. Yeah, that's a sick pup. <laughs> right. Well, and the difference is my role, for example, on the ice was I was a stay at home defenseman who didn't score, who didn't get a. Mm-hmm. I did like the dirty work. I mean, chip, mm-hmm. chip pucks off the glass. Uh, you know, you imagine yeah. being a, a guy who averages three points per game, but you grab nine boards in yeah. 15 minutes of play. Like you're, yeah. to think, all right, my competitive fire, I'm going to go out there and score 15 points. Well, that's yeah. unrealistic. So it's yeah. kind of hard to base it off of that. You know, it's I like, I'm, I'm going to go grab. 10 boards tonight, baby. Yeah, yeah like exactly. that's how you would have to look at it. But at the exactly. end of the stat sheet, you go, oh, that's all right. Hunter Brody played uh, 10 minutes on the floor. You know, zero points, nine steals, <laughs> uh, three charges. That's how you'd have to look at it. I mean, shit, that's what Dennis Rodman did. You know what I mean? That's what Dennis did. He was the MVP of his role. I, I get it. I ain't going to lie. I mean, shit, I was a fucking role player. Yeah, I, I did my thing in spurts, but it was, my main job was get guy shots off of setting screens. Get your shots off the glass. You know what I mean? Go out there and make sure this shit's still functioning. Roll to you the basket, You got to be your role. Roll exactly. to the basket, baby. Roll to the Get basket and slam that shit. Exactly, <gasps> exactly. <laughs> oh, mean mug. Little... How about Scotty Pippen stunk on Ewing? Yo, <gasps> that shit Dude. is disrespectful. Dude. They say he still doesn't speak them to this day because of that shit. Dude. It was the step. That was the first step over. That was. We, we, we know AI Tyron Lou step over, but that was the first time of being like, yo. Like that is next level. That wasn't even yo. That was yeah. I think vomit came out of my mouth. I've not <laughs> seen the play a million times, but that's how powerful it was. Oh my god! <laughs> I I couldn't even. I can't even touch the rim. Can I even touch the net? I don't even know, dude. I'm a come on. But have you had a moment like that? Have you had a mean mug? Maybe a little disrespect, Purdue. I'm spitballing uh, yeah, here. I don't know. Yeah. Was there ever a game though where you had one of those? Moments? Didn't have to be uh, Nova. Yeah. Did a high school game? I don't know. Was there one that stood out to you? It, like, was, it was. It was. Seeding Hall. It was it was a seed hall. You know how I feel about them. It was a seed hall moment, but for sure. And you live for those. Is this on tape but anywhere, yes. by the way? Yes. yes I yes. can YouTube highlights yes. or we have to dive yeah, yeah. a little deeper than that. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got I sent it to you. I sent oh, it to you. Yeah, I sent it to yeah, you for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah but it's uh yeah, yeah, no. It's definitely it was definitely a vindication. Best part about that clip is immediately after he walks up the spike. Sit your ass down. Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like I thought I you like, did. Yeah, yeah. I thought you did. Yeah. No way. No. Yeah, Spikes a Seton Hall fan. <laughs> I don't know. Was this in the Big East tourney, or is this just a regular season tilt? It was. It was twice. It was twice. Hold on, I gotta find it now. Bro. Yeah, of course. Honestly, I want to throw. A, I want to throw the clip into the video here. Maybe no, 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 I got a picture. I got a picture. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, ooh, dude, we got a picture. He posterized him. I need one for my man cave down here. Are you kidding me? A D-Ray posterizer? I can put it next to my LeBron James framed pictures and my Super Bowl. Newspaper pictures. Oh, damn. Ew, let's go. <laughs> Dude, no lie. I want that in my man cave, in my in my recording studio. We're going to have to make that happen. I miss the shit. I, I'm it's, sorry, bro. No, no, no. It's going to be LeBron. It's going to be you. And then it's going to be my <laughs> Serena Williams one. I'm not even sure. You think I'm joking. I literally want that in my fucking office in the, in a frame with everything else. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. I'm, you're th- I'm not joking. I know you're not I'm, joking. I, I, I know you're not. I want that shit framed in my room. I did my little <laughs> recording studio here. It's a big part of what we do here. I'm no joke. I'm even thinking, like, we got another one? Oh, dude. Damn, let's go, dude. It's just the best feeling. I, but he did it. It was it was one-handed. That shit was over him. I don't know if violent. it was even over him. It was 
it was through him. Yes. It was through him. He pushed him back happy. like 10 yards, yeah. you know? <laughs> now, it's funny. When I was in my hockey's the best sport ever, basketball is the worst sport ever phase, which was a thing, and I can't believe it because basketball is poetry. It's cr- Sometimes you just need to mature, you know? I mean, it just took me a little long to mature. Some people would say I'm not even there yet. But I never understood what that was. I would watch and say, that was stupid. What, I don't even get that. I don't see how that's even cool. I don't get why that's even a thing. I'd rather score on the ice and celebrate because I'm a sick hockey player. Basketball stupid, mm. right? Holy shit. There is nothing like it. Yeah. The way you it's, jump out of your seat, you hold everyone back. You, dude, I'm such a bench guy. The, I would, <laughs> Who was the team? I, I love how sidetracked we are. Was it Mammoth? Like maybe six years ago oh, in March Madness, they were the known for their bench. bench. Mob. Yeah, Dude, the original bench mob. I would oh be the best bench player ever. That's why I said if I was to go to any team in D1 basketball, you name it, Duke, UNC, Villanova, I would make the practice squad because of work ethic and because of bench. And I would, you know, I wouldn't even be dressed, really. Let's be honest. If, uh, I'd probably be in a stand somewhere. I wouldn't even make the bench. <laughs> I don't even know how that shit works. But if there was a way for me to get in the, in the, in the, in the suit where I could rip the pants off, I would be Break the best. Oh, dude, I'd be the best bench guy ever. I'd be holding back Jay Wright, and maybe I actually hit him in the face. Like, oh, shit. There goes me. Right? They picked the, that was my last practice. You uh, need that shit, done. man. Them shits was fun as hell. <laughs> we're done. My fault. Where, my where fault. the hell did I, we I, go? Where I was about you, to say. What did you do to me? My fault, man. You you brought that shit up, and I was just, oh, Well, I, was, I had to see it. Well, I'm telling yes. you, we're going to work on... Uh, UPS is still going through it this time, right? Post <laughs> office. We're going to have this shit... Uh, I'm looking at my spot here where I can hang it up. Do you, now, do you want it to be LeBron, you, Serena? Serena, you, LeBron? We're, we're going to have to work out the... the way How about I say, to be on a wall with them is good with me. Yeah, dude. You see this? I might even replace this. I don't even... You know what I mean? I don't even... I appreciate you, right, bro. So, anyway. Base, or ba- baseball. 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 Oh, shit. Michael yeah. Jordan played baseball. And I thought that that was inspiring with the whole tie with his father. Like, he... Played the last game his dad would be able to see when he was playing basketball. Yeah. He ended up making the baseball decision because his dad always wanted him to play baseball and the knock that he wouldn't be able to do it. The fact that he hit, and it was just double A, but that doesn't matter. He was able to hit over 200 and knock in 50 runs or so and not swinging a baseball bat. In how many years? I think they said the last time he played baseball was 17 and he, he did that at 31. And he was yeah. hitting 200, over 200 in yeah. minor league baseball. That is impressive as hell. And please elaborate how high a Hall of Famer uh, hitter is hitting. Oh, 300. You say 200. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, right. 300. Say, no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. I remember the first time I heard it. That guy's hitting 300. I had a coach who really used baseball knowledge. He'd be like, you know what I mean? And, and baseball, you need is 30%. Well, in today's 30%. era with analytics, you know, batting average isn't even valued because you got OPS, OBP yeah. plus. Like, there's so much yeah. involved that batting at. But back in his era when it was the 90s, batting average was you very, three, yeah. very, you very You 300, important. you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Even less than 300, you're in the Hall yeah. of Fame, to be honest with you. So <laughs> to hit 200 is is insane. And what what you saw was, though, the determination and and the, and, it, and he was refreshed. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed it. It was a different sport. It was a new. It was a new phase in his life. And he would. They were talking about he'd be in the batting cages, 
before uh, I think it was 7.30, they said, 7.30 a.m., which, all right, MJ, we're up at 5.50 doing this podcast, so guess what? <laughs> you think your work ethic's great? <laughs> Joke's on you. But now he would wake up at 7.30 batting practice, then he would do it again before the normal batting practice, then he would actually have batting practice, then they would play the game, and then afterwards he would do batting practice. Yeah. The, the work ethic was the same in baseball. Yeah, and it's, I, I got to ask you, do you think that he honestly would have been – in the major leagues if he just stuck with it. Remember somebody said that when he came back to basketball. And I, I honestly do. I think he would have figured it out. He might have been able to figure it out. With the 200, though, if you're hitting 200 in double A, you would really struggle in the majors. Like 200. No, no. I, I'm saying right. like one more time. One more time. With more time, it might have been possible. And factor in, we talked about how would would the NBA really let him go because of the financial part of this MJ makes an MLB roster, think about the revenue. I mean, at some point, I would think he might get a, an easier edge because, dude, this is Michael Jordan. You yeah. would, you know, Tim Tebow's somewhat going through that with the Mets. Everyone's like, oh, is, can Tim Tebow make it? And multiply that by $7 billion, and that's exactly. what Michael Jordan would do. So at some point, he might have got a chance. There could have been a prospect that deserved a chance over Michael Jordan, but didn't get yeah. that because it's Michael Jordan. And that's not a knock on him. No. But, you know, I, it's such a big jump. So if you hit 200 in double A, that means you're probably hitting 150 in the majors, yeah. and you can't live that way. Yeah, I was about to say. But it's funny because they touched on that in, um, in Space Jam. Remember in the beginning of Space Jam when he's playing baseball? You, hit, you look good when you strike out, Mike. I strike out, it looks bad. They were kind of playing into it because it's Michael Jordan. He strikes out and the crowd starts clapping. And that probably ate away at him so much. This, you well, know they what said I mean? when he he would he was crushing the fastballs. He started out on a huge hitting streak. And then eventually, he started striking out, striking out, striking out. Because they kept throwing change-ups and sliders and curveballs. And they were going with all these off-speed pitches. And what did he do? He ended up working on a curveball machine, and then he found his way and started crushing the curveball. So it did eat him alive. It pissed him off to the point where he was sitting there with a curveball machine making sure he'd be able to hit the off-speed stuff. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think he would have figured out. I think with him, we always talk about it. At the end of the day, what really separates, what separates Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, yeah, I kind of put Kobe in that conversation, you know, from everybody. LeBron's not done completely. Obviously, Tom Brady's not done either, but it's just different. It's different with LeBron. It's a different beast. But what really separates those guys because they don't have the natural abilities in abundance is just their mental. Like, they're sick. Like, up here, it's like, what are they going to keep doing? They're problem solvers. And I feel like he honestly, probably in that fourth or fifth year, because like you said, 17, 31, you got to make up for lost time. But I think he would have been like, no, I'm going to get this shit. And like you said, the league was like, that's a $300 million contract. <laughs> I mean, like, that's something stupid because it's Michael Jordan. You brought up Space Jam. And when mm -hmm. the scene, well, I, I DVR'd it. So I watched it a little bit later than the 9 mm -hmm. to 11 that most people do. And I hate it because I see Twitter or whatnot. But I had to get some shit done. You texted me and said something like, we got to talk about that Space Jam section. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What, what, what got you go? Was it the pickup ball? Was it just the fact that he would record film all day long, still play basketball for five hours, and then... You know, Reggie Miller's like, dude, I think it was three hours. But yeah. Reggie said, how the hell did this guy do it? Bro, it, it was kind of how you just said with baseball, he would constantly be working, constantly working. It's like, where did you get the energy? It was that same thing. Those pickup games were genius. You heard about that's what LeBron did with Space Jam 2 or whatever they're going to call it, Space Jam, a new legacy or whatever. He had that facility built. Listen, if I'm doing this, I need to be able to train there. 
to get those group of guys. When I saw Jawan Howard, I lost it. Because back then, Jawan Howard was still the man. You know, you know what I mean? It's funny when you, well, real quick, ahead, when I ahead. saw Jawan Howard, I thought what we should do when this documentary is over, I think we should both watch the Fab Five and then have a Fab Five podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell because yeah. I love that. Was. Dude, fire. To fire. me, they were the coolest me, kids on the block, dude. Exactly. Oh. I mean, they were they were the definition of that shit was it was bigger than basketball. It was pop culture. To me, them, that one and the 99ers and this one, the top three, uh 30 for 30. Now, so. not to get too sidetracked, but Go ahead. where was I going with that? Okay. If they and we can elaborate on this more if if we do decide to do this, which I think we should. But if that didn't fall out the way that it did with the timeout and maybe they won a national championship, would that change the story or would it be just as impactful because they still had the high shot? You know what I mean? They still changed the fashion life and all that. But would it be more? I think that adds so much to the story that it fell apart the way that it did. I think it changed the story for the worse if they won. Because remember, the, the, the end of the story, the end of that documentary ends with how they all got in trouble. Well, not the end of it, but the thing that was like really like the, the, the climax was, all right, X amount of years later, the story comes out where Chris Webber was supposedly taking money from it. He didn't participate in the documentary and they were talking about how he was in trouble and they had to pull down all the banners. And remember Jalen Rose and Juwan Howard said, I don't think it's right for the university to punish us because of what one guy did. And I also don't think it's right that they punish anybody because- we were all in a position where we needed to eat. That whole thing with the boosters at the end. Imagine a national championship banner coming down because of some shit like that. Right, right. Now you're so right. Damn, That's God damn it. No, we, we could save this. This would be yeah, a really okay, fun, okay. a really okay. fun idea to do. And wow. we got a lot of time probably to do so. So anyway. Stay tuned with that. Yes, yeah. yes. So anyway, go back to Juwan Howard playing. I loved watching all the Reggie, Juwan. It's like, damn, yes. man. That, yes. I, I want to play. I, I think Sean play. Kemp was in there. That I want to play. Yeah, man. Damn. That was amazing. That was amazing. It's amazing that they weren't in the movie. Then you see who was in the movie. All right, it kind of makes sense. I saw Larry Johnson. That's my guy. You were talking about dunks. Just violent, ruthless, ferocious dunks. Oh, I miss <laughs> yeah. it. I Dude, miss I it. couldn't imagine playing in pickup basketball to that degree. Yeah. And he was scouting. MJ was almost oh, scouting yeah. to see, yeah, all right, yeah. what do these players do? You know? I thought like that was a huge part of it because you saw it was in there. The Crim Della. I went to Crim Della Crim. I want to, and then you hear him talking about, oh, so I would play against this guy. And then once we get to the season, I knew that he wanted to go left or I knew he wanted to go right. Yeah, he definitely, it was definitely a, a, a two part uh, thing out there. But sure was. That was a, that was amazing. It really yeah. was. I thought it was just awesome to see these type of dudes play pickup ball. So there's a couple other things I wanted to, to hit on. How about mm -hmm. that press release? This is so Michael Jordan. When he wanted to come back, and he would go to the practice facility, and there was speculation. And they tried to come up with this perfect press release. And he was, they were like, D you write it. You write it. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Goosebumps, dude. So Goosebumps. So See, people think I hate MJ because I, I nitpick some things that people fall mm -hmm. in love with when I think that there should be some criticism his way as well. But mm -hmm. then there are times where from an athlete, from an ex-competitor, if you will— I'm like, damn, dude. I, I And I, once again, I tie it back to me. And it's hard to – you should never relate yourself to Michael Jordan because there's only one Michael Jordan, right? You know, like there's only one. And and they were saying that on, on the documentary as well. Who was it? It was the rookie who came in from um, – uh, Burrell? Burrell? Oh, yeah, Scott Burrell. Yeah. Yes. Um, God, you know what? Purell was on my mind so much right now. I think I just tied the two together. You know what I mean? You got to stay uh, coronavirus. But, yeah, he was even saying, you know, MJ will push you, he will push you. And it's like, dude, 
you can only do that. But he yeah. would try and get you to the highest level of your own, you know, your respected say. level. But, you know, I have no clue where I was going with this point at all. At the, no, I, no, 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 Where no, was no, I no. going? I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I, like, I literally lost my train of thought with the you pure L. Co- you said from a competitive standpoint. Like, you're saying, like, you, you saw No, it, just like, to get the I'm back. Like, damn, yeah. dude. Like, the, the, God damn, that just fired me up. I think the thing that a lot of people forget is the amount of fucking just... You call it swag. You call it sauce. You, I call it sauce. You call it drip. Whatever you want to call it. I call it sauce. I like that. I was about to say, <laughs> whatever you want to call that thing. When they showed that, I think it was episode, it might have been three and four. It was either, yeah, it was one, it was either three or four when him and Amar Rashad are off. And he's like, I don't want to miss my chance to leave. I don't want my chance to go. You know, I don't miss my chance to leave the game. And then they zoom out. And he's in that red Range Rover with that license plate. This, <laughs> what did it say? To Trey? Oh my God. The amount of just, ooh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's just, it's just gangster. MJ, write the press release. I'm back. So That's you don't think on my Mazda 3 that I should get Broads put on there? Something like Sports <laughs> Talk with Broads? I'd be like, damn, that's... That's terrible, dude. Be like do- Mike. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. I saw Michael do it. I th- I saw Michael do it. I thought it was cool. Be like Mike. That's just gangster. That's just so hard. Well, to be it's- fair, it's a nice Mazda three. You know what I mean? Twenty twelve. <laughs> it's a it's dolphin gray. I think it'll look nice, right? Yeah, little broads on the back. <laughs> the dolphin gray guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the color of it. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, so the last couple of things we'll, we'll hit on here is the mm-hmm. 95 year against the Magic, you saw some actual human out of Michael. He gets yeah. picked at the end there to lose a game, and then he turns it over, and they lost. Now, the yeah. MJ insane supporters will say he wasn't in shape. It's not his fault. And I, I, there is something to be said about him having to rechange his body to basketball for him after playing baseball. It would be stupid to say it's not. But, you know, those were crucial moments that, that happened in his career, and you can't throw that out the window. I can say many times that, well, with LeBron James, he carried Matthew Dellavedova and J.R. Smith uh, to the finals, and yeah. they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Now, and J.R. Smith doesn't know the clock. Well, yeah. LeBron lost in the finals. Well, you know, it's very similar to that situation, in my opinion. That happened, and you can't change that. So you can't yeah. not have that in the equation. That was a time where... But you can tie that to what that, that drove him. I talk about what he bottles up inside of him. That drove him to really take the next step for that 96 and then the run again that occurred. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they needed that. And they said it, but they really, I don't think they understood how much they needed that. You talk about them saying how the next season they saw it. It set them up for 96. They straight up said from jump. It was no doubt that that team was the best team. You know what I mean? It was no doubt. I think, would they say it was 20 or the first 22 or some crazy ass stat? And Scotty's looking at the schedule. He's saying, I don't think we're going to lose in the game for the next three months. I'm like, that <laughs> That's insane. So, to look at a re- look at a schedule and say that, jeez. That's something Christ. I expect the 2018 Villanova squad to do. <laughs> I knew, you know I knew what that mean? shit was coming Not out. Not 2016, but 2018. <laughs> I could see that happening. I knew that shit was coming. They won one more game in that <laughs> That's year. a big, big game. That's crazy. No, it's just, no, it's crazy. I'm saying it's crazy to think that. They really only won one more game. That, four pros, I get it. Dominant as hell. Anyway, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls. I think that is crazy. Not only the confidence, they had it because they knew it. It wasn't cocky, braggadocia, like, man, I out of here. It was like, no, we worked our ass off. We know we're this good. That shit is 
it's inspiring, bro. No, I I agree completely. And yeah. and seeing MJ after that '96 win, crying on the floor because of yeah. his pops. Whew, man, yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, the hairs were sticking up on on yeah. my arms here because uh, that was crazy. That that was crazy. And then you also saw him cry. And not that there was two uh, these two different scenarios. Not even close. One is very very emotional due to the loss of his father, but that was really. An inspiring moment as well. Just kind of like, damn, you got to appreciate your parents while they're here kind of thing. You know, it really hit me to that extent. But when he was talking about people playing the game right and playing the game with that attitude, and it was the, I think it was the way episode seven ended. It was right when it ended. And he, cut, we're we're taking a break, you know? He said break, yeah. Right, he was crying with just the, the passion of the game, which is, you know, to think that it matters that much to him, which doesn't surprise me. But at this age, he thinks about just the way the game should be played and he tears up from it. It just shows you how yeah. important it was to him. Yeah, and I, I think that's why you had to respect it. We were talking about before we got on here today. At the end of the day, when somebody puts that much into it, I'm holding y'all to the same standard because of what I do. How can I not ask y'all to go that much harder when I'm doing this shit 24-7, when this shit consumes my thought? You saw the way. To me, the most bone-chilling part of, of these two parts of the documentary was the way he was looking at that TV when they was to my BJ Armstrong. If this motherfucker had laser vision, he would have just broke the TV right then. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a clip somewhere breaking some shit right after that. But the way he was just side-eyeing the TV as they were talking, he's tweaked. He's tweaked, but hey. You know, my biggest takeaway was every time MJ's walking through the arena, you saw the dude, the security guard who beat him, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's so funny, man. It really is. He was everywhere. I need a shirt with him on it. Yeah. Period. Oh, they're out there. Not even the shrug, just him walking. That, when they show him and then you realize who he is and he's on his left, I was, that shit. Oh, I know. That's that's gangsta. Guy's iconic. Um, (laughs) So iconic. All right, so what we'll do is the awesome two episodes. We both agree Mm -hmm. with that. We'll, we'll wrap the show up with some NBA news because there is some NBA news going around and Adam Silver had a talk throughout the league with players and there's some things that came out of it and they're talking about how it's very possible, not even just for the season that they end up, if they end up even playing for the rest of this year, but they are talking about the following season, the next full season, literally having no fans at all. Now, what is your reaction to that? It's... You can't really get mad at anything. I mean, who knows to do with this? And we're living through a moment of history. I would love to see what that looks like from a streaming standpoint. I would love to see, you know, you told me before we got on here, that would you say 40%? Yep, it says right here, 40% of the league's revenue actually comes from the fans. So now, right now, you're having a fight between the billionaire owners and the millionaire players. How much money are we going to make? If you're losing 40% of revenue, how do you pay these players? We're not playing for this. Like there's going to be such a brutal debate between these two people to even get themselves back on the court. But go ahead. I I think you're going somewhere good here. Yeah. yeah. I I honestly, I want to know what that looks like from that money because that money's going to get made up. You know what I mean? And they're going to find a way to make that money. It might not be quite as much, but they do have an entire season without fans. It's just 40% is a lot, dude. Like 40% is a lot. lot. 40% is a lot. lot. And And that's a lot of people not having that. That is, it is a lot, but it's just, like I said, for that moment of history, what does that look like? Like, what does the finals look like where that ball gets thrown up at the end and there's no crowd? Right. 
right? You know it mean? would be weird as shit. I wonder yeah. if there's a way to, and I know they talked about this in baseball a bit, social distance in the crowd. So 20,000 seats, but only 7,000 get to go. And yeah. they're spaced out throughout or, you know, I don't know how that would work really. But it seems like the NBA is going with, it is very, very possible that for the next full season, there are no fans. And and I respect Adam Silver. So, you know, I think he puts a lot of thought into this. I know that there's a lot of sports trying to get back. And UFC just had an event, which was really, un- I'm not a UFC guy, but I tuned in to yeah. see what it would be like with the fans. And, you know, it's a different sport than others without fans, but, you know, yeah. the adrenaline rush. I mean, think about the I mean, fighting. Shit. It's soccer over in Germany. Right. You know yeah, all, I mean? all of it, really. Yeah. For, for majority of it, no sport, no fans changes the sports. But, you know, I respect Adam Silver so much to the point where I think if he's going in this direction or the, this is being brought up, there's mm-hmm. a reason why it's being brought up. He's someone who literally processes the information at a high level in terms mm-hmm. of being a commissioner. So, you know, I respect with where he is going with this because I think he does a great job at being in in his position. Yeah. And I also think you're talking about something that's not necessarily uh, set in stone. Let's say they do start that season without fans. Let's say they start the season on time. So October, they start playing without fans. That's saying this one gets canceled. Yeah. Uh, a vaccine gets introduced in February and March and be arena is a fool. That's a good point, uh, but I will say it, it does seem like it, the conversations are really picking up to have a December through August season, and and I actually really I actually really do like that because the earlier parts of the basketball season is kind of conflicted with NFL playoffs, and everyone throws away the first twenty five games of the NBA season. Just wait till Christmas. Wait till Christmas. That's when the real season starts. That's what a lot of fans say. So it kind of makes sense. And then in the summer, you're going to have playoff hoops. I, I don't mind that. So you're right, though. That is a great point that it might start out with the first month or so that nobody's there, but it mm-hmm. might be able to to pick up. And speaking of Christmas, though, how about the NFL? <clears throat> the NFL yeah. is scheduling their first Christmas game. And, yeah. you you know, there's a lot of us that say, well, people will still tune in to baseball. And, and sure, but the NFL destroys any other sport. I wonder how the NBA is one f- well, how they feel about it? They're probably pissed, but will they schedule games around that now? Will they Hell actually? Yeah. Will they Hell not yeah. put a? Will they normally do twelve, three thirty, six, yeah. eight? Or will they actually not put a game in a certain window just because of the NFL? Yeah, I think. I mean, it also depends on how many games NFL is playing. But it's just I one. Could, it's just it's one. Just one. One game, and it'll probably be. You know, I, I would assume on a Christmas day it'll be like a five o'clock kind of thing. In that, I would think in that type yeah. of range, five, six, seven. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it would kind of be like a, a back and forth. They're gonna figure out a way to break down that money. But like I said, with me, the mo- I think one of the most interesting things about the NBA starting that late is the Olympics. That's what right. Happens? That's right. And it, I think we talked happens? about this before. That's a really yeah, great like to me that just point. is is that the all star is that the the all star break? You know what I mean for this season? But it's like at what point you got to have a Kevin Durant or LeBron James? At that point, you have to have your best of the best. The World Games, you have to have the best of the best go out there, and it's just what does that look like for them to join teams right before the finals? Well. We we talk about Adam Silver being a very mm-hmm. smart guy, and I would think that that was <clears throat> in the conversation for him. There's no way yeah. he comes up with this proposal or this idea and not factor that in because <laughs> he, you know that. So for the fact for the the reason that this is having legit discussions and they're talking about it being actually brought up more and more and being discussed heavy, 
there has to be something we don't know right now when it yeah. comes to that, or else I don't think the conversation would continue to grow yeah. because I don't think fans or players would be happy with that. But there's a couple other yeah. things. A decision on this season can go into June, which I feel at this point that, that we kind of That's ever, thought about life. that. It's life at this point. If the NBA is able to return, Adam Silver told players it is safer in one or two locations. So you might see a quarantined teams in Walt Disney World in Orlando or in Las Vegas instead of flying around the cities, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. But you're starting to see a lot of things, uh, you know, kind of being thrown on the table. So he pretty much had a huge uh, conference call with a lot of the players and, and this stuff was talked about. But it's just, uh, you know, the conversations continue to go and go and we're getting yeah. more information. But that's where the NBA is as of right now. Yeah. Who the hell knows? I know. No, well, I'll leave you on this. You mentioned Kevin Durant. Woj reported that KD would not come back if this season came back, which I'm not shocked. It's probably the smartest move. The dude tore the Achilles. It was ugly. Why even bring him back in a situation like this? Did you see Karen Durant trending on Twitter at all, by the way? Mm-mm, no. All right. So this is just a, a white woman. And uh, I believe the joke is that, you know, white moms, Karen. You know that joke? Like, oh, 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 oh! And the in the drive-through. And on the drive on the driveway. Oh, shit! I mean, sorry, the driveway. Yeah. Was yeah. She... Ooh, well, behind oh, the back, God. a little hey, Karen, Karen, Karen Durant. Are you kidding me? The Sixers might need a Karen Yo, Durant. Oh, can... <laughs> what? Did you see that shit? Imagine getting crossed up by Karen. Oh my god! But it was it was scary how fluid it was. Like it was, oh, it was like oh she's she balled. Oh she's probably a thousand. What her respected high school she's probably has a thousand points. Yeah, yeah. There's no way she does it. Oh god, <laughs> that shit was gang. I was oh like, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I, we'll we'll leave you guys with Karen Durant. I don't know that we probably should have yeah. started the show with Karen Durant. Really? <laughs> That's all. Awesome. Be like Mike. Be like Karen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to keep growing the game, baby. Got to keep exactly. growing the game. We'll talk about that off the air. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Processed, and we will see you next time.